Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Thinking Christian. I'm James Spencer. I'm here with Nate Giarantano and Stephen McWhorter is joining us. Stephen, how are you this morning? I'm really good, man. Good to be on here, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, do us a favor and just introduce yourself to us and uh, and give us a little bit of your background. I'm a human being. <laughs> <laughs> You're not uh, an AI-generated avatar. I have arms and a face. Uh, no, my name is Stephen McWhorter. I'm a worship leader. I don't know. Uh, worship, you know, leader, recording artist. I don't know. I normally don't introduce myself credentially. So let's just say I'm a son of the living God. So, yeah. I love it. To be honored. Perfect, Thanks. man. Well, I, I know you and Nate know each other. Um, yeah. how, did, how did you guys meet? We we met. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, we were at a, uh, was that a label retreat? Or was it a management retreat? Yeah, it was Red Letter. Red Letter, uh, yeah. Red Letter, Brad and those guys out. And uh, Brad's now the VP of like uh, talent, I guess they call it, uh, for The Chosen now. But he's, that's, you know, we were out there with them. Yeah, uh, basically, I walked in and I was with my friend Plum, and uh, I was working with her at the time. Uh, and I was like, I walked in, we were out getting a cup of coffee, and I came in and I was like, man, who is singing? And I, I was just like, I turned around and I was like, whoa, this dude's got an amazing uh, voice and just the anointing. It was like, all of a sudden, I walked into worship. It was awesome. So that's great. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. So what are you doing right now, Stephen? Oh, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be more specific. Bro. It's that time in the morning. I mean, I got mine. I got mine going as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where's your ministry taking you right now, man? Gosh. Uh, well, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and I've been doing this for, gosh, 20 years. I don't know. Uh, last 10 as a songwriter, you know, really ministry minded person, probably full time for the last 10 years. Wow. And, um, you know, I signed with Sony early on, kind of got into the industry and all that stuff, but I was never, I always felt like part of it, but not in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. um, so I, you know, I live in Louisville, I'm only two and a half hours away, so I can still go and do stuff, but I feel like I'm able to kind of, I don't know, just not that you can't be with Jesus in Nashville, but it's like a lot easier for me <laughs> to be in Louisville with Jesus than to be in Nashville with Jesus, if that makes any sense. But um, yeah, it's, it's really great. And so the Lord's just kind of blessed that for me. And, you know, I think probably the biggest thing, um, and I'll share my testimony in a minute, which is part of kind of like 
I'm just one of those people that really believe God's real and I believe it's all real. And I, at the end of the day, whatever all this is, we're going to blink and be in its presence. Right. And yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll just from hindsight go, wow, all that other stuff that I thought was important really wasn't that important. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I try to live from that place now the best that I can. And I won't give this impression that I'm this super holy person, but, uh, I just, you know, I think for me, I, a couple of years back, I was like, you know what, Lord, I, I want to use social media and like online thing that you've given me to like really build your kingdom more. And I put this song on TikTok called come Jesus come. And, uh, it went viral, whatever. And it enabled me to be able to start going live on that platform. And I started going live on Facebook and Instagram and all that. And that's fine. And I would, um, just go on worship Jesus. I'd never go, I'm an artist. Check out my music. I would never do that. (laughs) I just, just worship, just worship Jesus, share the gospel, share my testimony. And I would start asking people if they wanted to give their life to Jesus. And uh, people would say yes, and we'd pray with them, connect with them, um, connect them to a church, that kind of stuff the best way we could, right? I'm just one person, but I've now there's a bunch of moderators across the country that help me. But since September of last year to today, we've seen 37,000 people come to Jesus on these online experiences. And it all incredible. Started, yeah. And it all started with, um, you know, really just a song about the longing for Jesus to return. And actually, part of that for me and if you're, if you're watching this and you're a believer or listen to this and you're a believer and you're like social media i just don't want anything to do with it that's fine if it's out of a place of like i just want to be with jesus that's great but if you feel called to reach people with the gospel like with jesus with the good news I don't know that you can poo poo, (laughs) you know, social media, you literally have access to millions of people. There's this like meme that goes around this video, this guy who like pretends to like die, go to heaven. And he walks in and there's Peter and there's Paul and here's all the disciples. And they're like, Oh, wow. You know, he's like, wow, you're Paul and you're, you're Peter. And Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. He's like, yeah, but you're from like 2023. You have the internet. How many people have been saved? He's like, I just use it to watch cat videos. You know, it's like, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, but so I, I'm like fully aware of that. I'm like, okay, yeah. I could go, you know, TikTok's evil or all this stuff's evil. Well, people are still going to be on it by the millions and, or I can go, you know what? This is awesome. I can reach yeah. millions of people with the most important thing on the planet <laughs> in the universe, Jesus. You know, I don't have to go to the whiteboard about what people need. It's Jesus. It's super yeah. amazing. And so, yeah, um, I just started loving people and like uh, trying to really love people and love Jesus. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I really was like, okay, I'm going to stop trying to get people to come to things all the time. Not that I don't sometimes invite people to a show or something, but I'm going to stop going out now, check out my new music. And I'm, I'm going to just go, how do I love people? Well, you know, um, with this and the Lord's just been honoring it, man. I mean, like crazy, um, come Jesus come is blown up. It's like K love right now. And, and researched, I think top four on K love right now, which is crazy. Wow. And, uh, so the Lord's just really breathed on it. But at the end of the day, it's bro it is legitimately uh the best that i can keep it from my end all about him and just really focused on seeing people get saved the only metric that matters is how many people 
are actually coming to Jesus through this? Mm -hmm. How many people are being drawn closer to him through this? That's the only metric that matters, you know? So love that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's cool, man. I mean, we, I have an interesting relationship with social media too. I mean, kind of the same as you, Um, I've done a lot of writing on it and really see the detrimental effects of social media on certain groups. And, but I, I think you're right. I think that if we can keep our focus on, listen, let's serve Christ and right. let's make sure what we're doing is serving Christ and focus right. there, you know, the, the detrimental effects of social media can sort of be mitigated. It, it's all about fixing our eyes on Jesus and, you know, really staying in that lane as opposed to veering off into cat video land or, or, uh, you know, things that are worse. Or- and so. Yeah, you know the worst case scenario of news. I, I think you know the part of <laughs> the part about it is, I again I'm saying like not everybody is called to be on social media. Some people yeah. are just called to pray. Some people are just called yeah. to be with their kids. Some people are called to, but the reality is, it's the marketplace for most of civilization right now. Yeah, yeah. and if we get off of it out of a place of I think a lot of people jump off of it because they're comparing themselves to people too much. They're getting caught up in a lot of negative stuff and that's good. But if you're someone that you like genuinely feel called to go evangelize to people, to reach people, this is different. Okay. This is like you going, yes, I want to reach people, but I'm not going to use social media. Okay. So why? (laughs) It's literally. Yeah the back door front door to the entire world it's like trying to go fishing without a fishing pole like i mean you gotta have a way to be able to get out there and don't get me wrong some people are called to like just go down to the local jail to the prison to the homeless shelters totally i'm talking about a specific people that are like i want to reach as many people for jesus as i can this is what i'm talking about and especially worship artists recording artists speakers preachers and people that say they don't like it. I think sometimes at the end of the day, and I get it, it's that you're worried you're going to fail before you start. So yeah. it doesn't really have anything to do with it being bad or to you. It's just that sure, you're, you know, but you know, all that, if it dies is beautiful because who cares what people think? Uh, you want to love people, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. I think at the end of the day, man, I mean, I always, I, Matthew six always sort of captivates me, you know, Jesus is walking with his disciples and he's looking at these folks who are giving in a certain way. And he's like, Hey, don't give like that, give like this. And then he's like, don't pray like that, pray like this. Yeah. And, you know, don't fast like this fast, you know, don't fast like that Uh fast like this. And I think we could just as easily say, instead of social media is good or bad, we could say, look, don't do social media like this, do it Mm -hmm. like this. And I think there's something that we have to sort of discern there and, you know, the ministry that you've got going, you've obviously thought through it. You know, you're seeing the value of it. You're seeing how it can be used for the building up of the kingdom of God. And you're trying to use it um, in a way that is aligned with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, the mechanism isn't necessarily evil in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Any more than in Jesus's context, giving to the poor or prayer or or fasting was evil inherently it was picked up and those practices were used in really bad ways that were not reflective of who God was. And so I think, you know, in the same way, we've got to be able to think through that and really bridge. Um, And instead of demonizing all these things and, and just kicking them out outright, you got to use it. And I get it. But you know, for me, again, I I am the person that like, at the end of the day, I know I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord and I'm going to be like, 
what was I really worried about? And, you know, China can have my yeah. social security number of 37,000 people are going to say, tell you what, <laughs> a million people get saved. I'll move there. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. That's awesome. Priorities. You well, know what I mean? <laughs> hey, before we move to your testimony, I, I've had yeah. this question. We've, we've had a few different music artists on and like sports folks and that kind of stuff. And uh, I keep wanting to ask this question. I just haven't had the opportunity to. So I'm going to ask you. Um, so, you know, my background was all academia. And so, you know, in academia, you you sort of, you know, push up your glasses and sure. read a bunch of books and study and write and all that kind of good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in academic circles, you always hear about this challenge of, um, you know, the study of God's word becomes too academic. It's no longer a worshipful experience. It's just sort of that, yeah. you know, basic, you know, blocking and tackling. Here's how you study the word. And this is what I have to do. And so whether I enjoyed it or not, it's still not a worshipful I, experience. I went to Bible college and I saw a lot of <laughs> yeah. professors that were just going through the motions, you know? It's, it's yeah. yeah. It's a tough thing to avoid. And I, I think, you know, no, I over it. my, over my very, over my career, I've sort of had moments where it's been a little drier and I haven't really, you know, felt it's a worshipful experience versus others where, you know, I just love digging in and that's where I really connect with the yeah. Lord. And so here's my question after that uh, little narrative. Um sure. Do you get that same challenge as a performer, as an artist who's, you know, you're, you are making a living doing worship music and writing music and those kind of things. True. And so I'm wondering if you have that you same sure? dryness or, well, you know, I'm hoping, <laughs> no, I am. I'm hoping I'm brother, you got coffee. Yes, I so am. I know you're, yeah. I know you're, you know, you're not I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Go but I, but I do wonder, you know, if it's something inherent to the academic life you know, or whether, you know, worship has the same problem. I think anyone that starts to have any kind of eyes on them through the gospel, you know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. you're a worship leader, you're a pastor, you're a speaker, you're a writer. It gets hard to not read the Bible without going, that would make a great sermon or that would make a great topic, or that would be a great song. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's hard for anybody to do that. I, so one of the things that people always ask me, it's like, uh, what advice do you have for me as a worship leader? And I'll be like, spend, well, here, I'll say this, worship out of the overflow. And what that means to unchurchy that mm -hmm. is spend so much time in the secret place, like in the place where nobody's watching, just being with him to be with him, just singing to him to sing to him. So songwriters, I'll say, don't hit record on voice memo. Don't, don't make notes about how it's going to be a great sermon. Don't, you know, don't just, just be with him and spend so much time in that place. I mean, even 20 minutes a day would be a blessing for some people, right? Um, that it starts to become the overflow of who you are. So if you're on a stage or if you're doing a podcast or if you're speaking or you're writing a book, it's now yeah. the overflow of who you are when nobody's watching. And mm. that is hard to do. I get it. So it's just like anything else. It's a discipline to make yourself just be with him to be with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. Thanks. That's, no, uh, yeah. I don't think that just applies to academia. No, I think it applies to everyone in the ministry that yeah. the Bible is a part of what they do at all. It's going to be, even for Christians, it's hard not to read the Bible and go, oh, this will really fix that person who's got this problem that I want to tell, <laughs> you know, show them, or this will win that argument. I think it's, it's constantly a thing. Yeah. Um, I think just 
being with him, to be with him. He's always wanted to talk to you. He's always wanted to teach you something. He's always wanted to draw you closer to him so Mm -hmm. that you can draw others closer to him through your life. You're listening to Thinking Christian on Life Audio. Our guest is worship leader Stephen McWerther. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about honesty, humility, and healing. That's coming up right after this. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. I went to Cincinnati Christian University. Uh, went oh, to cool! Cincinnati Christian University for forget. Just got my associate's degree, kind of thing. Nice, but uh, just the Bible. That's all. Just Bible. Yeah, of that's all. Awesome. They, they did make me read a lot of philosophy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's it was the exhausting. case. You know, I did some papers on Kant. It was it was it was uh, <laughs> unlearning a lot of that was the hardest thing more than learning it, but. Uh, you know, if I say anything about college, if it was that benefited me was teaches you how to be a good learner, you know, how to be a good researcher and writer. So I'm you know, working on a yeah. book and stuff, and that really helped me, uh, prepare me for this. So sweet. It's great. Well, what led you to Bible college? I mean, what, what's your, share your story a little bit. When did you come to Christ? You know, what was your life like? That <laughs> sure. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Bible college is a blip in it all. It feels like I sometimes forget I went to Bible college, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, uh, I've got the student loan debt to prove it. So I guess shout out to Cincinnati Christian. (laughs) They're like, you owe me money. Where's that guy at? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, my, my dad was like an evangelist uh, and we traveled all over with him. He mostly church camps as a kid in the United States. And, uh, but the truth is the guy that I saw uh, by the pulpit and the one that I saw at home were two different people. I'd seen him get up and preach about Jesus, but then at home I'd seen him physically abuse my mom. And I said, if God's real, he's not good. And I don't want anything to do with this Jesus guy. Mm-hmm. So at a very young, young age, uh, my earthly father and God became the villains in my story. And I was like, I don't, you know, forget it. So, you know, around 11, 13, I'm smoking marijuana drinking by the time i'm 15 it's cocaine pills i'm selling drugs the whole nine yards by the time i'm 17 i'm a full-out crystal meth addict i'm using every day for over six years and during this time i am the guy who 
hates Christianity. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Literally, if you mention the name Jesus around me, two things were going to happen. I was either going to cuss you out or try to knock you out because I wasn't really knocking anybody out at that time. There was <laughs> throw my whole body at you. You might get a paper cut. But, uh, I, I, you know, I was just I was just in this really vicious place, man. And um, there were people praying for me, like really interceding, praying for me. I'm talking pulling over on the side of the road, ugly crying, boogers coming out of the nose over me coming to Jesus. <laughs> Like real deal, right? So the yeah. Lord's after me. Um, somebody comes and gives me this book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that book, but Lee's yeah. a friend of mine now, which is crazy. But they uh, gave me this book, and having told you how much I hated Christianity, this is the most, this is the parting the Red Sea moment. You know what I mean? Like in my yeah. story, in my opinion, because I accepted the book without like cussing anybody out. It's like a blur, right? I'm like, cool, mm-hmm. whatever. Take the book. <laughs> It's three o'clock in the morning. Um, I've got drugs on the side table next to me. Nobody's playing a harp or something softly and quietly in the corner. It's it's just me, and I know he's in the room, right? Mm. And it's the kindness of a very real God. I keep saying this, man. Gosh, a very real God to meet a wounded pastor's kid in a place like this, right? And we begin to have this internal dialogue. Like, I know these aren't my thoughts kind of a thing, right? And it's like, I'm Steven, I'm real. I'm good. What are you going to do about it? You know, I've got a purpose for your life. What are you going to do about it? I just remember being like, God, I want to give you my life. I want to quit all this addiction, all this darkness, all this depression, all this anger that I've yeah. known for so long. God, I want to, but I can't. Uh, I, you know, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you're not in a church service on Sunday morning. Uh, not that you can't be in the presence of the Lord there, but in this setting that is seemingly impossible to get saved in and you really meet the real thing there's no saying the right churchy thing there's no pretending he knows what's up you know what's up so i'm like god i want to i cannot do it there's no way this is all i've known over 11 years of addiction um i can't imagine doing anything else there's no way i just remember in a thought more powerful than words the holy spirit spoke something into me that changed me for the rest of my life. And I feel like I'm always trying to hold on to this moment in that room, no matter how far away I get from it. And it's this thought, Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. Hmm. You know, Ephesians, it says, you know, I think Ephesians 2, it says, you know, you're saved by grace. This isn't something you can boast about. It's it's a work of God, right? But there is a work that the Father like expects of us, says in John, right? The only work the Father expects of you is to believe, like to take him at his word. And that's what I did. I believed him like I believe I'm breathing air right now. And I fell to my knees and I gave my life to Jesus in that room, ugly crying on the floor, <laughs> boogers going out of my nose, right? And I give my life to Jesus. I literally quit everything. Now, don't get mad at me, but I literally quit everything overnight. Um... And I always tell people that are in addiction because I travel all over talking about this and sharing the story and have for years. I always say this. It's important. In the Gospels, Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice because every story has a purpose. And your story is important. If it takes five times and you fall at the feet of Jesus and mean it, he is going to use your story to change the lives of people around you. And that's what happened with me. And and. That was it. I mean, at the end of the day, I went from addiction to redemption, meth addict to worship leader because God's real. I mean, I don't, it's all real. It's crazy. It's all real. It's wild. Um, and so here I am today, you know, um, 
watching the Lord use me in a way I'd have never in a million years thought if you told me 20 years ago in that room, um, you're going to be telling your story and you're going to see thousands of people come to Christ in your life. It's just, so I don't know if anybody is hearing that that's by chance happens to be on a Christian <laughs> podcast. It's not a Christian. I don't know how <laughs> you got on here and I'm shocked if you've listened this far, but if you are, um, you know, if God did that with me and this isn't just a cute thing to say, I don't have a church. I want you to come join. I don't need money from you. I don't need you to follow me. But um, if he did that with me, I promise you, uh, I would have been the last person you thought would have given their life to Jesus. But I'm telling you, man, what does God want to do with you? There's no telling. And you're not meant to settle. You're not meant to stay in this place where you're like, man, you can't trick me into being something I'm not. I know me. I'm telling you from experience through my life, not because somebody taught me to say this because I know it to be true, mm-hmm. is that you can't know who you really are for real, the real you, the you God spoke before the foundation of the earth, you can't know who you really are till you give your life to Jesus. That's the real you. The you fully alive is the real you. Yeah. I think that's something that we first connected on, Stephen, when I first met you, uh, because I'm a PK too, and I know that struggle all too well. And I kind of relate to some parts of your story. Uh, but I think we get kind of calloused because we're you know, forced to go through the motions. I mean, I pretty much was born and raised in the church. My dad was an evangelist too. And uh, so that's just incredible. I think anyone that hears this, like you're saying, and it will go out there beyond just our our Christian audience. Uh, And I'm just excited for people to hear that because if he could reach you, that story, I mean, he could reach anybody. If he could reach us, if he could turn my hardened heart from what I seen with, you know, growing up as a PK too, it's like, God has a, I, I had his knowledge uh, here, I think in my head, just because I was doc, indoctrinated with it. I was forced to it, but mm-hmm. you know, then making the connection from my head to my heart, whatever that diff- distance is. I, I remember hearing that one time, uh, you know, the 12, 13 inches, whatever it is, but that was crucial for me. 18, and, and 18, eight, 18, thank you. 18 is journey. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that was my story in a nutshell too. So I just love that. And I remember connecting to your story and I'm like, man, that's so inspiring. And I know it's reached a lot of people. So that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. No, thanks for having me on, Gus. It's good. Yeah, Yeah. man. Well, uh, as just sort of a follow-up to that, where does music come in? I mean, you're, you know, you described sort of your, your living life and addiction. Are you playing music that whole time? Are you, are you involved in music at all? Are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I was in metal bands throughout my teens, screaming my head off, seeing people beat each other up in front of me. It was awesome. But, uh, It was awesome, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I was I was doing all that, and um, you know, I, when I when I gave my life to Jesus, I think somebody said, "Hey, you should you know get a job at this church over here." I was like, "Gosh, that's crazy!" But uh, never underestimate just how hard up a church is for a uh, worship leader, right? They it's like he's like methodic. We'll take you. Come on, uh, you can be our contemporary worship service guy. And, I love it. Uh, I always remember them. I always remember them being like sliding me a list of songs I'm allowed to play. Uh, I'll never forget when I got the job. And I think the coolest thing on the list at the time was I can only imagine, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh. But look, when you've when you've met the real thing, like, you know, the Lord um, and you get yeah. to sing to him, it's not cheesy. It's like he's real. I mean, my mm. gosh, I was grateful to do it. So. Yeah, that was kind of the beginning of that, but yeah, it's been in my DNA my whole life, so it was a natural yeah. transition. I did stop 
I, I was, you know, worship leader of the church for like 10 years or something. And uh, I'm not against working at a church, but it wasn't for me. And uh, God was calling me to something else. I think sometimes we think, oh, I'm a believer. And if I want a job, I got to get it at a church. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's the Lord. He's got ideas that you don't have for things that is pretty awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I just started walking through doors with him. And he led me to this thing that I would have never written down on paper. Uh, you know, I'd, there is no pros and cons list that I would have created to get me to this place. Um, so yeah, you just got to learn to listen well and trust well and follow well. And yeah, yeah. I hear That's you. Nice. I mean, I, I think at the end of my, uh, toward the end of my MDiv, my faculty mentor was asking me what I thought I was going to do after, uh, I was done. And I was like, oh, I'll probably go pastor because that's the answer you're supposed to give, right? Everybody's yeah, yeah, supposed yeah. to go and be a pastor after they're done with their MDiv. And he looked at me and he's like, dentist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he just looked at me and he goes, I don't think you're pastoral material. <laughs> and I was like, yes. what did I do this for? And uh, he goes, no, you you have more of a propensity for academia. I think you should go on for study. And so um I, I'll always appreciate him saying that because I think he was absolutely right. I would have been a wreck as a pastor. I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I don't think people would have either. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I can appreciate stepping away from the church. And so you step away from the church and then you started songwriting. Is that right? Yeah, I, um, I, I, yeah, I started songwriting um, pretty regularly and, you know, I, I could get into more of that. It sounds brag. It sounds bragging, braggadocious. How about that for a word? Uh, it sounds braggadocious, and so I, I don't, you know, really get into that. Just suffice to say, the Lord really blessed like that for me. Um, from yeah. the first time I was somebody saw me, uh, somebody you guys would know saw me do an event at a barn, and uh, was playing some worship thing, and it was like, hey, you're good. Uh, you want to go to Nashville and start writing with people? I'll connect you. Blah blah. That was basically it. And then another really big name person you'd probably know uh, basically helped us get, you know, just said, hey, Sony, sign, sign these people, sign this guy and do this. And that was basically it, man. It was very much crazy. And so since then, it's just been learning how to not just do what people do in those scenarios, but actually partner with the Lord and yeah. make decisions with him still. And Absolutely. that's hard to do when you have a lot of people telling you, oh, this is how you do it. This is what you do. But, you know, we, we know that any story, if you really pay attention to the good ones, um, like I said, it doesn't, it's not, there's no, like, you wouldn't write down how you got there. You know, <laughs> okay. it wouldn't be like the plan. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you find it, I mean, you, you're obviously big live on social media platforms, as we mentioned, but is there a difference in the way you're, I don't know exactly how to phrase this, but you know, having gone to concerts and stuff like that before. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. And you kind of have the adoring crowd singing along with you, cheering, all those kind of things versus performing live on social media where you're still getting a response from people. Right. Um, it's not that real time response. I mean, what's the difference for you when you're doing one versus oh, the I, other? I hope, there's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. When you hear people worshiping, like I don't really do concerts. I don't really do performances. That sounds yeah. like I'm a holier than thou comment, but I really intentionally set them up as worship. You know, like we're there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there to disappear. And it's just you and Jesus, okay. you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, in those environments, pretty much the same thing. It's like, I'm just worshiping Jesus. You know what I mean? Uh, and, yeah. um, 
I have moderators paying attention to comments and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't, I try not to do anything else. I do stop. It is a little different on the live streams though, because live streams are like, unlike a live setting with people there in yeah. the room, they're all there. That's it. On a live stream though, I will say this is different. It's, it's like a faucet of just constantly new people coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the process. So it's not right. like a hundred people or a thousand people jump on and they're just on there for the whole time. And that's it. It's a thousand people every so many minutes like over a number of yeah, times. Over and over yeah. and over. So you have to, there are, there is some repetition to what I'm, I say in between things, which is like, yeah. you know, calls to come to Christ and share the gospel and those kind of things. I do have to repeat some of those things here and there mm-hmm. with him in partnership with him in a way that it's genuine. And yeah. um, it doesn't seem to matter to people on there. They seem to get it. They know what's going on, you know? Well, they know you're casting the nets, right? You have mm-hmm. to kind of keep cast them because sometimes, I mean, we've all done it. You hop on a live and then, you know, you get a phone call or your kid needs you. So you might only be there for two minutes. <laughs> I think right. God can use those minutes for, you know, just yeah. that they, they could be impactful. It's just like hearing, it's just like when somebody gets in the car and they hear just what they're supposed to hear, you know, like if they only exactly. have a two minute car ride, like, I think God can use everything under heaven and earth. And that's what you were saying earlier. And I just love that. And you're a great example of that. So where can people find um, this? Is there a schedule? I mean, obviously your social media, but where, <laughs> yeah, where, where it's been a little crazy the last couple of months. I was only home six days in October. I mean, like it's been, I've been touring. We have something on the books till December next year. And uh, it's been pretty crazy, but I've taken all of December off. Um, I actually turned down, you know, there were some tours and stuff and I was like, Nope, I'm staying home all of December and just, nice. so I'm going to do, uh, my plan again, Lord can do whatever he wants, but I hope that I'm able to go, uh, tonight, even Tuesdays, Thursdays this month, of course we have Christmas and stuff where I'll come on at 9 PM Eastern time, but, uh, and go live, um, on those platforms. Uh, usually I do Instagram, Facebook you know, TikTok, I'm starting to do YouTube more as the YouTube's growing. But um, yeah, I mean, the way people can find out about it is worshipjesus.life. You go to worshipjesus.life, that's my website. Um, it has links to everything there. So. More to come on Thinking Christian on Life Audio. Our guest is Stephen McWhorter, uh, worship leader and recording artist. And you're listening to Thinking Christian. And we'll be back with the conclusion. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact.
I love that. you're probably the only artist I know that like your website doesn't have your name in it. I think that's incredible. <laughs> I'm not important. Don't worry about it. Well, I just think that it, it just speaks to, you know, some people say stuff, but you're living it. And I, I just really appreciate that about you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, but, you know, if 25, everything would have went just the way I thought it should. Um, I would have not done that. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, if everything just had blown up when I was 25, I don't know that I'd be sitting here today with a thing called worshipjesus.life and, like, really keeping it about ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I always tell people, you know, you're the Lord he wants your character ready for your destiny. Like, and so sometimes you got to go through some stuff before you can get there. Otherwise you're not going to be very effective. You're going to probably make yourself miserable. Right. Um, And those around you miserable. And so there was a lot of like, what is going on? Why isn't this working and that working? There's many years of that. And then when it does start working, I'm like, oh, I get it. I would have been terrible at this five, <laughs> ten years ago. I mean, it would have been awful, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think yeah. we try to do too much on our own, especially early on. I know I did. Sure. And it's like, then you re- had the realization, like, why am I trying to, you know, take the helm here? Like, I should do right. it. It needs to be aligned with him anyway. So, you know, I know it's cheesy, but take the wheel. <laughs> like I, I, you're going to get me to the destination more straight and and more impactful than I could myself. So I think it's just dying to ourselves and kind of what we want that control. I know that's how I was. So that's good, bro. Yep. Well, man, I, I'll tell you just sitting, listening to you and, and hearing about your ministry and um, what keeps coming into my mind is this. Uh, there's a book called The Overcoming Life. D.L. Moody wrote it. Um, it's okay, a series yeah, yeah. of his sermons. And so um, one of the last ones is actually on humility. And he ends it where he talks about uh, if the gospel of Luke had been written today, it would have been signed by Dr. Luke. And, you know, Dr. Luke would have had his name all over it. And he says, but because it was written by Luke in, in this other time, Luke basically stays completely in the background. Like Mm. he's not trying to take credit. We're trying to figure out who wrote this thing. He didn't care. He's wow. not Dr. Luke who wrote it. He's the one who just sets forth Jesus's life and stays in the background. And um, as you're talking, as you're describing your ministry, man, that's just the picture that came to my head. It's like you're, oh, I hope so. That you're, be, you're kind of the, great. you know, Dr. Steven sitting behind the scenes and, uh, and just letting the music do the work and uh, presenting Christ um, as a humble servant. So oh, very so. much appreciate that. And um, it's been great getting to know you a little bit. Um, yeah worshipjesus.life everybody worshipjesus.life check out one of um steven's uh live sessions on instagram tiktok do you do youtube um facebook is is all of them facebook pretty big but youtube we're just getting ready to start doing youtube just getting Uh, it's a little bit of a different animal so yeah it's typically people watch it that are already following you um so i've got to kind of figure out how to do that you know, because gotcha. it's different. The other ones are more like you could have non-believers like just happen to be on it. Right. Just and flipping through. Yeah. yeah. So I want to make through, sure. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of different things. I'm trying to figure that out. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, very good, man. Worshipjesus.life, everybody. Um, check it out. Steven, thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll catch us. everybody on the next episode of Thinking Christian. Thanks, brother. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Thinking Christian podcast. 
If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Life Audio. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.